0: I don't know what's going on. I don't know where my kids are. I'm a mess. I I don't know. Are my sons laying in this house? Did he flip out and do something? He obviously had a sharp knife and he just, like he was stabbing it. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know where my kids are. I know that their dad is now telling the hospital he tried to kill himself. Where are my sons? What have you done to them?
1: A frantic search in the town of Morenci. We know their dad lied to police. The brothers are ages five, seven, and nine. They're from the town of Morenci, Michigan.
0: Still no sign
1: tonight of Andrew, Alexander, and Tanner Skelton. This community is beginning to fear the worst. Tanya and I have started talking about once or twice a week usually in the evenings after work, just checking in with each other. In addition to working, she's been preparing for her daughter's wedding. She's been busy. When we talk, it's mostly about the boys, but there are normal mundane sidebars and tangents that anyone has in a regular conversation. You last heard her telling us the quote-unquote backstory of the kids going missing. You know, that John taking the kids to Florida, Tanya then going down to take them back, the divorce, her accounting of a fictional woman named Joanne Taylor, and that John's behavior was becoming more and more erratic. Black Friday of 2010 is where we'll pick back up, before Tanya knew the severity of the situation, before Tanya knew the worst. She called John to see if she could pick Andrew, Alexander, and Tanner up earlier than the 3 o'clock time they had agreed to. John told Tanya that...
0: He and the boys were not home, and then the next time, well, the boys weren't home, but he was home, because he had things he was doing on his house, and so the boys had gone and, and stayed the night with these friends who was Joanne Taylor and her husband and their kids. I think that's when I found out, well, I haven't been exactly honest with you. Um, the boys aren't with me. They're with her. And I just got hurt. And so I'm on my way to the hospital. I think I broke my foot. And I'm like... Okay, so where is she going to bring the boys when she comes to town? Well, I don't know. Probably my house. And I said, well, can you call her and just tell her to bring them to my house? You know, I live right around the corner from you. And and find you know pinpoint a time. Well, I don't have her number with me. I said, well, where's her number? I'll go get it. Well, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, he just kept, he was being very evasive.
1: Tanya called her attorney asking for counsel. The lawyer advised her not to go off the deep end, that she should wait until 315 or 320 before she got authorities involved. He also knew that she probably wouldn't listen, that she would probably call at 301, just a minute after the boys were supposed to be in her possession. He was right. She called Marenzi PD At
0: 301.
1: Got no answer. And then she called Michigan State Police. They told her that she needed to call Morenci. And when she explained that she already had...
0: People don't understand. This is what this man has done in the past.
1: At this point, are you you really freaked out or is it just...
0: I am really starting to get freaked out because... And my attorney's like, and you cannot go in that house. I don't want you going in that house. And my sister looked at me and she goes, I'm going in that house. I don't care. They can take me to jail.
1: Her sister tried, but something was wedged in between the door and the wall, or something like that. Tanya couldn't remember exactly, but the door was purposely blocked. The search was still on for police. In fact, Tanya's dad and brother-in-law started driving around town looking for an officer. And while that was going on, Tanya called the hospital that John was in to find out more. She said a nurse, after verifying that her and John were still legally married, told her what was going on.
0: He said that John had tried to kill himself, or at least that's what he told them when he came in, and that he tried to hang himself, and he fell or something and thinks he broke his foot, so he came to the hospital.
1: To process all this, just try to imagine.
0: I don't know what's going on. I don't know where my kids are. I know that their dad is now telling the hospital he tried to kill himself. He doesn't have a phone number of how I can get a hold of the people that have my children. He's rambling, mumbling nonsense to me on the phone by this point. So I'm a mess. I don't know. Are my sons laying in this house? Did he flip out and do something? So obviously we now know that the boys weren't in the house, but what they found was mass destruction.
1: They, being the police, found the mess John left behind.
0: I had a gallon glass jar and that was smashed into a bazillion pieces in the kitchen sink. A solid oak corner curio cabinet. He destroyed it. Smashed the shelves, broke the wood. It was in a million pieces. Our bed and about every three inches there was like a six inch gash where he had slashed the bed like he was stabbing it, I don't know. I see rage and anger at something, me, for whatever reason.
1: Chief Weeks was off duty, but when he got word of what was happening, he rushed to the station. By 11 p.m. Friday night, an Amber Alert was put out for the boys. Chief Weeks contacted Tanya at her home at 1.30 a.m., early Saturday morning.
0: Of course, obviously, I was not sleeping.
1: The chief asked Tanya to come down to the station.
0: He said, by the time the sun comes up, the FBI will be here. They are on their way now. Um, There will be people from Washington, D.C., on the ground. And he said, I don't know when the next time is that we are going to be able to all sit down one-on-one, because there's going to be a lot of people here really,
1: really soon. John's opinion of what created this situation differed from Tanya's. Her view was that John was losing grip on life. His was that Tanya actually stole the boys from him down in Florida.
0: This just gets me every time I think about it. He was hung up on the fact that I betrayed him by coming to Florida and taking our children away from him with the with police presence.
1: He was upset because he stole them uh, and you stole them back to where they belong.
0: Yeah, yeah. What he did was okay in his mind.
1: All the way up until John made the kids disappear in one fashion or another, he and Tanya had been seeing a counselor. John thought that maybe he and Tanya could get back together. Tanya said, she was going to these sessions to keep the peace. Did you ever feel like there were moments there where maybe the two of you, you know, didn't connect on any certain level, but maybe you had compassion for each other again?
0: On my part, no. I knew in my heart that our marriage was over and that this counseling was not going to work. And then he wanted answers. Like, when are you moving back in? and and when can we quit doing this counseling and get back to the way things were? And, and it's, we are not going to get back to the way things were in three sessions,
1: and you're saying three one deal. hour
0: sessions. It's not going to happen.
1: And you're saying this directly to him? Yeah. Okay. I,
0: I I'm telling him, I don't understand how you think three sessions is going to fix everything. Because happened. at this point, the, I still don't trust you.
1: So we talked about him being a smart guy. He's he's not a dummy, right? No, he's not.
0: He's very intelligent.
1: He's very intelligent. So my question is, when you talk about him in in this situation with the counseling and it, it almost seems like there's... He might be a smart guy, but there's like a break from reality. Or maybe he creates his own reality and he doesn't want to see the truth. Is that true?
0: Yeah, I think that's it. He has... John's reality and he doesn't understand why I can't just forgive and forget.
1: The reason for John's disconnect could be related to any number of real breakdowns happening in his life. Or it could have something to do with the fact that he loved reality that wasn't a reality at all.
0: I blame a lot of it on the fact that he played so many different Ro- online role-playing games with um, druids and um, um, witches and oh, st- I don't know. I just thought it was all stupid.
1: I think what you're getting that though is that he was like he was escaping to this alternate reality, right? And yeah. And it's yeah. kind of like maybe he somehow just, seeped into the real life for him.
0: Yeah, he just lost grip on.
1: Life. We'll be right back. When the family was still a family, all living together under the same roof, John was there as a dad, as a husband, but not totally and not all the time. If you had to say overall, was was John a good dad? Uh, He was.
0: Yes. He he loved the boys.
1: This statement surprised me a bit. It's hard to be objective in her position, to be level-headed and not answer with anger. Tanya said John would teach the boys things. In fact, he was helping the boys build a treehouse in the backyard. At times, he was there for them. At least part-time. But more often than not, he could be found alone inside his home office, drinking his beer and smoking his cigarettes, sometimes for 12 hours or more at a time. Do you think there's any part of him that resented you and the fact that he had a family and that he like, felt like he was obligated to be part of this when he obviously wanted to be isolated and by himself?
0: You know, when I think about it now at times, yeah, I think there was... Um, He was happiest alone um, in his little fantasy land.
1: Tanya attributes a lot of John's behaviors and personalities to his family and his upbringing, which makes sense. Tanya comes from a large, close-knit family that's mostly local to Morenci. John comes from a large family, too, but... It was splintered, and according to Tanya, there was a lot of infighting, family fighting family. Some of the family in Michigan and some in Florida. Tanya also told me to figure out why John acts the way he acts, look no further than his own parents. She says John's mom and dad, William and Roxanne, would travel to Michigan and visit their family members for several days before they let John know that they were in town. In fact, she said there was one visit in particular in which John's parents came to Michigan, visited family, and we're back home in Jacksonville before Tanya and John even knew it. Remember how we talked about John destroying all the things Tanya loved? Well, he's your apple. And Roxanne, his mother, is the tree.
0: His mom got mad at he and I at John and I one time. She ripped up every single picture she had of Andrew and mailed them to us. Oh my gosh. Because she was mad at her son. I'm like, who does that?
1: Apparently her son, later on, huh? Y-
0: well, yeah, exactly. So I'm like, huh, okay. I mean, it just crazy weird stuff that... Uh, it made no sense.
1: John's family, especially his parents, are the missing link over the years. And what I mean by that is they haven't said much publicly or been out looking for the kids or active in any sort of search. Roxanne and William, John's parents, got to talk with John just after the boys went missing. This is the only time I can find them speaking on camera with the media. Pete said to tell you that his boys are safe and sound. He took those boys out of harm's way. And I respect my son, he loves
0: his. He loves his children, and I got enough information out of him that them boys, they ain't no problem, them boys. Look at the whole story, and the whole story is not out
1: there. Let's focus on that last part.
0: Look at the whole story, and the whole story is not out
1: there. First off, that doesn't really make sense. How can we look at the whole story when the whole story isn't out there? But what I think William Skelton is trying to say is that the media only looked at and told Tanya's side of the story. He might be right. Her story was everything for police. She seemed to be the only reliable source. John was questioned, but from the very beginning, his stories were inconsistent. One minute he gave the boys to a woman named Joanne Taylor, the next it was an underground group. Nobody trusted his words. Remember how adamant Chief Weeks was about this? Certainly the information that, we, that uh, that's in the investigation would indicate that he's been very untruthful. So I've been on a mission to track down the skeletons as parents, sisters, aunts, uncles, anyone. And I finally did make contact with a cousin. I won't name her because, well, you'll eventually understand why. But for the sake of the story, we'll call her Sarah. I called Sarah on a Thursday back in July 2017. She picked up the phone with a simple hello, but when I told her who I was and what I was doing, she lit into to me with how awful the media has been, how everyone telling this story is a liar She said, nobody comes to John's family asking for the truth. Of course, that's when I told her, that's what I'm doing right now. That's why I'm here. I'm asking you for the truth now. She eventually did calm down and agreed to meet with me the following day, a Friday. For me, this was a huge breakthrough, being able to talk to the quote-unquote other side. When Friday came, I hopped into a car with a photojournalist, hoping to capture the audio and video from our conversation. As we got closer to town, I called Sarah, and that's when she backed out, but not before laying into me once again. And I regret that I didn't record this phone call, but what I did was type out the parts of the conversation that I could remember immediately after I hung up. And here's what she said. I decided that I don't want to talk to you or be on the news, whatever. I don't care anymore. The kids are hidden or they're gone, whatever. I don't care anymore. You're all just going to tell her side of the story anyway. And of course, that's when I interjected that my intention is to tell the whole story, meaning hers and everyone else's. And she went back to it with, you're just going to tell her, of course, meaning Tanya, her side of the story anyway. And before she hung up on me, I asked if there was any other family members around town that would be willing to speak with me. She said, nope. We've decided that we don't want to be part of it. So here I was, making the two-hour drive, now with no interview and a photographer at my side. I decided to give Tanya a call take a shot in the dark, and see if she had the day off. As luck would have it, she did. Not only did she have the day off, but she was now inviting us over to her house. This would be the very first time that I would speak to Tanya in person. We pulled up to a cozy little house about three blocks south of downtown Morenci, and there in the doorway was Tanya. She smiled and waved us in. As we began setting up tripods and cameras in her living room, which was decorated with picture after picture of the boys, of course, and her daughters, we started to chat. <laughs> You're
0: just like going... I didn't want to assume, though. Um,
1: Talking with her felt much different here. It was much more intimate. Uh, there is a question that I think people are probably going to ask me is, why Why does Tanya want to do this? And I know you, we've talked about it off camera, but why Why are you inviting us in like this?
0: Um, You know... The more that I can talk about my boys and share their story and have it on social media, on the news, um, the greater chance that that one person that we are waiting to see our story that knows something, um, the greater chance of them Seeing it.
1: I talked to Larry Weeks and Larry Weeks tells me that he doesn't think there's another person on the face of the earth that knows what happened to those boys other than John. Do you think that that's true?
0: I think deep down, yes. But there's part of me that wants to think that there is someone else that helped and eventually they will, the guilt will get to them.
1: Guilt is a heavy thing to carry around some are better at carrying it than others. It's justifiable, and it makes sense that Tanya wants to believe that there's someone else out there that could give answers, especially when you consider the only person who knows everything for sure is John. Do you think there's any chance he ever says anything of substance?
0: No. If he's continued to play the selfish... um. Haha, ha, I won because I know and you don't. Um I don't know if I'll ever know in this lifetime.
1: In a prior trip, I caught up with Tanya's longtime friend, Kathy Herrera. She has her own theories. Yeah, I'm trying to reach um, John's parents too with no luck. And I
0: I believe with all my heart that they know something.
1: You think so? I do based on the conversation they had in the um, yes yeah
0: i just don't know as a grandparent i don't care if it's your child if it were my child and he did something that was wrong actually my other son did and i'm the one who turned him into the police yeah. and i believe that that's something you just do that's the right thing and and that to me is is not saying good things about them, you know? And they've been very, well, why weren't they up here the minute that the, they heard those boys were missing? They never came up, they never wanted to go search, they never, no questions, no anything. That's
1: weird. Tanya doesn't rule that possibility out.
0: If anybody else knows something besides John, I would, I would say it's them. Um, and I think what makes me think that for the most part is that after the first day of the boys having gone missing, there have been no contact to any of us, myself, my family, um, even voluntarily to the police that I'm aware of. There have been no contact by John's family. Um, That's suspicious to me. I've heard that they have made comments, they want to get their side of the story out, but I've continually been told by several different news outlets that they try to contact and there's no response. They don't want to do it. So that says they know something. Now, did they have a part in it? I don't know. Did John share with them the one time that he was, you know, that first time that, that they visited with him? His parents. His parents, um, because ever, ever since then, you know, it's like nothing, nothing. And I know were the shoe on the other foot, that my parents would be doing everything in their power to bring their grandchildren home.
1: These thoughts have been running through my head for a while now. I was wondering why. Why I didn't see more of John's family show up in searches and articles and interviews, and all the stuff that I've looked at and gone through while putting this story together. Why? Why weren't they central figures in the efforts to find the kids? You'd think that they'd want to help them. But it didn't seem that way at all. Whatever John told his parents in that meeting seemed to be enough for them. But what did he say? Roxanne and William wouldn't say anything more than...
0: Them boys, they ain't no problem, them boys.
1: Alright, I'm going to jump ahead. After I talked with Tanya, I talked to some people around town. They told me that Sarah, the cousin I was supposed to interview, hung out at a local bar. We had to try, right? Hello? An elderly man opens the door. How you doing? Good. Hey, my name is Jeremy Allen from Channel 4 Detroit. There are four or five older men hanging out, but no sign of Sarah, John's cousin. When I couldn't find her, I tried calling her one last time. No answer. In my original conversation with the cousin, she pulled no punches and was adamant that Tanya abused her children. What do you say to those clients?
0: That has all been investigated. I was investigated, I was interrogated as well. My house was searched, my computer was searched, all of my stuff was gone through as well. There were interviews with school teachers, school administrators who are trained to see abuse in children who said to the police. I have never seen more children more loved and cared for by their mother. Those children were not abused. There is no way. And anyone who truly knows me knows my children come first. Always have, always will. My dream job was to be a mom and Within the first year of getting married, I was pregnant for my first child. And this year marks 30 years that I've been a mom. And it is the greatest job in the world.
1: Remember, Tanya has two older daughters, much older than the boys, from a prior relationship.
0: And now I get to be a grandma, too. But to say that I abused my sons kills me. And, and said cousin, whose name we will not mention. Um, there were a couple summers that I watched her child and actually her children because a couple, one summer I, I supervised her teenage daughters as well as watching her son who played at my house for a few days a week.
1: And why would she Um, give you her children if she thought there was
0: abuse? And so if I was abusing children, why would you allow your son to come and allow me to be in charge and responsible for him?
1: Like, I don't want to harp on the abuse thing, but I think that that's the one thing that, like, if there was, like, a chink in Tanya's armor, I think that's what everyone tries to pull out, right? Because that's what John's tried to create.
0: Well, yeah, because (coughs) long before I met John... I made a mistake in life and I paid that price and asked forgiveness and moved forward. John knew that before he met me. He knew about it before we ever started dating. And that is um, a selfish, low blow move to pull that out and say that that's what I was doing to my children because that is no way near what happened in my life several years ago.
1: My wife is a bit of a news junkie, so I let her listen to interviews as I go. She had genuine questions about Tanya's tone and lack of emotion. You may have thought the same thing. I asked Tanya about it.
0: Do a search back Mm -hmm. to those first interviews. I couldn't make it through them Mm -hmm. without a box of tissues.
1: Here's Tanya from December 21st, 2010.
0: Are they crying for me, and I'm not there. And that's hard because I've been there all their lives. I've been stay state all around for nine years. So it's hard to imagine them hurting for me and not being able to do anything about it.
1: There are several more interviews just like this one, but now?
0: You don't know. Are the boys out there? Are they going to see? Are they going to hear? And the loving, caring sons that I raise to the ages, they don't, they don't like mom to cry and be upset. They want mom, this is who they know. This is what
1: they want, you know. Tanya says there are moments, a lot of them, in which she breaks down. It could be at a grocery store, seeing a family, or just being around kids in general. She told me about one time in particular that she saw a little boy at a gas station.
0: I have days. Yeah. There was a day... Right about six months ago, um, I stopped in at the gas station on my way to work. Get gas, grabbed a bottle of Coke to drink on the way to work. And a grandma and her little grandson came in the store while I was in there. His mannerisms, the way he talked, was my Andrew. Through and through. And it was all I could do to get out of that store and in my car. And instead of heading west to work, I drove right back here. Um, It hits me like that.
1: I wondered aloud to Tanya about the police and if it's tough to have faith in them after an ordeal like this. Seven years, no answers. Not that I personally doubt the job they've done. Do you think the police have done a good job? Yes. You do? Because it's like this thing where, like, as a mom, you're not going to be satisfied until you have an answer. Right.
0: But I have, it has been shared that my son's is, like, the number one unsolved, we want it solved, resolved case in the state.
1: But Tanya realizes that it's not that easy. The police are working with what they have. Little, hard, tangible evidence and a father who refuses to cooperate. Days, weeks, months, and years have passed since the boys disappeared. A lot has changed for Tanya. About a year after the boys went missing, Tanya broke completely. She checked herself into a mental hospital. She had to unplug from everything to regain sanity. She says since the moment that she walked out those doors, she's been a different person. She's been stronger, independent, she admits maybe a bit too independent. As you heard her say, She's as whole as someone in her position can be. We sat there on her couch, in her living room, talking. She seemed at ease with who she is and who she's become. She started to show me scrapbooks of the boys. We flipped through page after page of pictures and memories.
0: Andrew, the old soul. So caring, so loving, wise beyond his years. Alexander everybody just kind of (laughs) giggles he fascinated with cell phones he loved tools and building things or digging I always saw him as um something he was going to be creative somehow um Tanner he was my little he was my baby Um, he had just turned five, so he was still, you know, had that baby face, and of course anything Alex could do, he was going to do too. Um, they were two peas in a pod. Didn't look a thing alike, but if you saw one, you saw the other.
1: Tanya never broke while we sat there, no tears in her eyes. I would have been surprised before this interview, but now, for some reason, it made sense to me. She was able to be happy, looking at her boys in those pictures. It reminded her of those times. It didn't remind her of the heartache that she still lives with. She needs no reminder for that. Tanya says she doesn't have a lot of trouble getting to sleep, not a lot of nights staring at the ceiling in bed. Maybe that's because she hasn't completely given up hope.
0: In John's family, there are... At the time, was a connection to the Bahamas with John's dad and his, um, he works on gas and diesel engines. The story I was always told, he had a, a few times a year he would fly to the Bahamas and service this man's fishing boats. He owned a charter fishing boat company and John said would fly down there and service his engine, the engines. And so I always said, okay, John's phone pings in holiday city. There's an alleged sighting in Sandusky, which is on the turnpike headed East.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And if my sons weren't seen after Thanksgiving Day in the afternoon, John's phone pinged in the middle of the night on Thursday night, and I didn't teg- didn't discover my boys were missing until like 24 hours after they had been seen. That was more than enough time for them to be on a boat in the middle of the ocean headed to the Bahamas. Because if you're on a private boat and you're going to, nobody's looking for passports or birth certificates Hmm. and I don't know about you, but if someone told me that I could wear shorts and go barefoot and play in the ocean all day, I'd be all about it.
1: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: And swim and fish and not have to go to school. But That's my little fantasy. In a perfect world, that's what happened.
1: Coming up, John Skelton in his own words. First of all, it's the one thing that I wish I could tell everybody and putting in big bold letters
0: Turn up the volume size again. I did not give my
1: kids to anyone. You'll hear the whole thing on the next episode of Shattered. If you have any information about this case, you can reach Investigator Jeremy Brewer at 517-636-0689. And that's right into my desk phone. If you'd like to see and hear more about the skeleton boys and what's going on in Morenci and how we're covering the ongoing search, go to shatteredpodcast.com. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Shattered Podcast. Over on our Facebook page, Marilyn just wrote, quote, The idea that these children were murdered just doesn't sit well with me. I think he took them someplace, and they've been lied to and hidden away. Their grandmother was on TV coming down the steps of jail after having visited the father, and she doesn't look upset at all. If they were my grands, and she means her grandkids, I would move heaven and earth to find them, unless I knew where they were, end quote. And if you have any comments or anything you'd like to share with us at all, please feel free to send it to us on Facebook or our other social media accounts. And last thing, please share this podcast with someone who might want to hear it. Investigators want people listening, watching, and helping. Also, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That's one of the best ways to make other people aware of the show. Until next week.